it's Leslyn Keith here again with another research update flash briefing. I'm the director of research and president of the board for the Lipedema Project. I like to keep you abreast of the latest research of relevance to lipedema with these flash briefings. Today, I'd like to tell you about a paper by Samantha Connolly. Dr. Connolly is assistant professor of psychology at Harvard Medical School Department of Psychiatry and a clinical psychologist in the VA Boston healthcare system. The paper is entitled, Does Lipedema Mimic Pregnancy? And it was published in the journal Wounds International in 2022. Several people actually, including Catherine Sayo at the Lipedema Project, asked me to review this article. And I'm glad they did. I think you'll find it very interesting. So the purpose of this paper was it was a review paper. It wanted to examine lower body fat storage and the strong resistance to burning fat that occurs naturally during pregnancy. The author then asks if the hormonal dysregulation that occurs in lipedema is similar to what women experience naturally with pregnancy. So first she looks at fat storage and pregnancy. So she discusses lower body fat storage actually in girls and women and fat storage and lower body resistance to losing fat in the lower body seen during pregnancy are happen to be happen to be key characteristics of lipedema. Girls and women have more subcutaneous fat in general and more fat deposits specifically to the hips and the buttocks than do boys and men. And this difference is usually accentuated at puberty and with pregnancy. A typical pattern for fat storage and burning during pregnancy is fat storage in the early and mid course of pregnancy and fat burning in the late stages. We also see increased levels of estrogen, progesterone, and insulin in the early stages of pregnancy. All of these hormones function to promote fat storage and block fat burning. Other hormones of interest are catecholamines. These are hormones such as adrenaline that are released in response to stress and induce the body to burn fat. An interesting fact that she brings up is that during pregnancy, the fat cells on a woman's hips, buttocks, and thighs are virtually unresponsive to this fat burning hormone. So in other words, if you have a stress situation and you let off adrenaline and it's going to seek fat in your body to burn so you can have immediate energy, it's going to seek that fat anywhere else. But if it tries to get it from your fat and hips, it will be completely unresponsive if you are pregnant. This may be a protective mechanism to ensure that the mother and developing fetus will have needed nourishment even in the event of a famine. It turns out that fat is particularly important for fetal brain development and is thus a rich source of needed fat during late stages of pregnancy and during lactation after birth when this fat starts burning. Because past research is found in large fat cells in the thighs and abdomen of women with lipedema compared to healthy controls and also in women who are pregnant versus those who weren't, Dr. Connolly suggests it would be interesting to compare fat tissue from pregnant women to those who have lipedema. So next, she looks at a hormone called prolactin. 
she actually proposes an interesting theory about prolactin. Prolactin is a hormone produced by fat tissue that increases during pregnancy. The primary purpose of prolactin is causing milk production and suppressing impregnation immediately after giving birth. It also promotes fat storage and insulin sensitivity. Hyperprolactinemia, or too much prolactin in the blood, can be caused by extreme levels of stress completely outside of pregnancy. So you don't have to be pregnant to all of a sudden have huge elevated levels of this hormone of prolactin. This condition actually is present in at least 10% of women and can cause menstrual problems, acne, and weight gain. Dr. Colony describes two women with lipedema who this hormone may have come into play in their lipedema symptoms. One had prolactin levels at 10 times the normal level due to a benign pituitary tumor. So this could be considered a stress response, pretty stressful having a tumor, even if it's benign. And the other person reported that the only time that she had, quote, slim legs was while breastfeeding. And so this would be normal prolactin levels during late pregnancy and when breastfeeding. So now she was able to access the fat stores in her lower body when normally she wasn't able to because of her lipedema. So Dr. Connolly suggests that the high levels of prolactin may be partly responsible for lipedema symptoms and encourages researchers to start testing for prolactin levels in women with lipedema. The next hormone she looked at was relaxin. So relaxin is a hormone that is produced by the ovaries and the placenta. It loosens muscles, joints, and ligaments during pregnancy and delivery. So you can imagine how that would be helpful. Relaxin accomplishes this actually by degrading or preventing the rebuilding of connective tissue. Dr. Connolly suggests that this hormone may be implicated in several symptoms experienced by women with lipedema, including joint hypermobility and several certain blood vessel anomalies. So lipedema has been characterized by some as a connective tissue disorder. So relaxin may be involved in this. And so Dr. Connolly suggests this may be another important area of inquiry for researchers. She then looked quite a bit at female hormones. So Dr. Connolly discusses two female hormones in this section, including estrogens and progesterone. Estrogens have a great deal of impact on women's health. They can impact reproduction, fat accumulation, bone density and strength, immune response. It also has an impact on emotional health, on nerve development and cognition. Interestingly, estrogens can have both an anti-inflammatory and pro-inflammatory effect depending on the variables or the conditions. Estrogens have also been connected to pain perception, and one key feature of lipedema is heightened sensitivity to pain. Dr. Connolly reported evidence that a woman's sensitivity to pain tends to fluctuate with her menstrual cycle. And while the lower estrogen levels experienced in menopause can decrease some pain sensitivity, such as to headaches, for instance, this time of a woman's life may bring with it new pains such as from arthritis and joint inflammation. So we know plenty of women with lipedema 
that are in their menopause stage of their life and have quite a bit of pain with their lipedema, despite probably lower estrogen levels. Dr. Connolly reported about a recent study that may link a gene variant to lipedema that seems to result in higher progesterone and increased deposition of subcutaneous fat. She also discusses how mood disturbances sometimes seen associated with lipedema may be linked to the presence of progesterone in combination with elevated estrogen. She was talking about how the presence of progesterone with low estrogen didn't seem to have as much of an effect as progesterone with elevated estrogen. So conclusions that she came up with. She stated that most research has been performed by men and on males. In order for us to be better informed about the intricate hormonal interactions that may be linked to lipedema, however, it requires a concerted effort to study females and perhaps in particular pregnant females. She also believes that the links between mental health disturbance, hormonal imbalance, and lipedema need to be investigated further especially the possible connections between mental health, stress, and elevated prolactin levels. This may help us to begin to understand the complex interactions that may trigger the onset of lipedema. This article, I believe, is tremendously important for women with lipedema because it coalesces old and recent information, as well as the author's own clinical experience to form new hypotheses. She makes us think about lipedema in a different way and suggests several areas for future research. From the title, I was expecting more about how lipedema may be an exaggerated or haywire presentation of evolutionarily normal processes in a pregnant female. Here are some examples of things I would have liked her to expand upon, and maybe she will in a future article. Estrogen levels increase steadily during pregnancy and reach their peak at the third trimester. How may or may not this be similar to estrogen levels in women with lipedema? Are women with lipedema so-called estrogen dominant and have really high levels of estrogen that seem to be mimicking the levels of estrogen in late pregnancy? Be interesting to know. Levels of progesterone remain elevated actually throughout pregnancy. This elevated Levels um, also prevent the body from producing additional eggs during pregnancy. Eventually, progesterone also helps to trigger lactation. How are progesterone levels during pregnancy similar to levels seen in women with lipedema? And how do they differ from women without lipedema? That would be interesting to know. Some clinicians have suggested that women with lipedema have elevated lipoprotein lipase, LPL, an enzyme that can break up triglycerides. Are LPL levels also elevated in pregnancy? And what role would this enzyme play in pregnancy and possibly in lipedema? Be interesting to know that as well. There is a lot to look at with this similarities and differences between lipedema and pregnancy. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you haven't already subscribed to our daily flash briefings of tips, tools, and research about lipedema, you can subscribe at Apple, Spotify, Amazon Alexa, or here at this website, lipedema-simplified.org slash flash, where you'll find an archive of all of our flash briefings. You can now also follow Living Well with Lipedema on Amazon Music and get new episodes when they become available. 
Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll join us again next time for another Research Update Flash Briefing. Hi there, this is Catherine Sayo with a very quick and exciting announcement. Just to let you know, our three-day event, Heart to Heart, is coming up March 31st, April 1 and 2. Make sure you don't miss it. We have speakers coming from all over the world and an amazing schedule for interaction with all of the community. It's going to be spectacular. Go to lipedema-simplify.org and be sure to click the link to get more information. And we'll see you there.